Well, greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. This is Rick Furbanis. I'm your host. This is episode 136, and I am joined today by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That is Mr. Bob Lucius. Oh, Bob. Hello, it's me. I've thought about us for a long, long time. That's it. <laughs> it's you know it's it, it's familiar to me, Rick. Um, but it's just different enough that I can't I can't get it uh, uh, I can't get it out here. So it's a uh, it's a song. Is it bread? Who is this? Okay, uh, no, close time frame. It's Todd Rundgren. Todd Rundgren. Okay. Now, Todd Rundgren, you may know, um, probably some of his bigger, bigger hit. Well, hello. It's me was a, was a hit, um, for him. Uh, but it was actually the first song he ever wrote and it was, uh, written in, in 1967. It, it, uh, and it was released in October of 68 as a B side for his band a band called Naz N A Z Z. And so, um, but it was the first song he ever wrote and he's probably well known for like songs like, um, uh, I want to bang on my drum all day. Um, we got to get you a woman. I saw the light. Um, can we still be friends? Uh, you know, so anyway, you know, he, he was, you know, fairly popular in the seventies and, uh, yeah. (laughs) I got a funny story for we got to get you a woman in a minute, but the, um, I thought the song was appropriate, Bob, but why, why, why was it appropriate, Bob? I I have no idea. I'm hoping you'll tell me. Well, first of all, I get bonus points. It has the word hello in it. Uh, right. But, but it came out, it was released in October of 1968 was, which was just weeks before the comic okay. recovery today was yeah. released. All right. Okay. Right. And what yeah. comic are we covering today, Bob? Do you know? That would be, I think Captain America 110. That's right. It did have a uh, cover date of February of 1969, but it hit the shelves in November 5th of 1968 and this song came out just weeks before and like i said it had Mm -hmm. a bonus points for me because it said hello but i also thought the lyrics that i picked were appropriate because it does mention i've thought about us for a long long time and so that will come up in the issue today as captain merrick has been thinking about someone for a long long time that Really, that drives it home right there, Rick. You you have connected the dots beautifully again. Mm. Thank you, Bob. Thank All you right. so much. All right. It means a lot coming from you. I know it would. I knew it would. <clears throat> yeah, so we're we're covering today Captain America 110, as you pointed out. Uh, and this is actually very exciting because it only took us 136 episodes to finally, finally <laughs> get to a Jim Steranko issue. Right. Yeah, I know. It it has been a long time coming. Yeah. Um, now, 
Now, Jim Steranko is beloved by many a Captain America fan, especially of a certain age. Uh, and, uh, you know, listen, props to Jim. He was a, uh, a head of his time in, in a lot of his uh, artistic stylings. And he, prior to, to doing Captain America 110, uh, he had, you know, had a pretty, pretty prolific career, uh, you know, starting in, in 19, you know, just a couple of years before 1966, where he did like a year and a half of strange tales. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he was doing the Nick Fury stories in strange tales, starting with 151. He was inking and then, then he moved into artist and he moved mm -hmm. into writer artist. And yeah. um, he did that all the way through 168. 168. Yeah. Then he, he kicked off um, the new series, Nick Fury, agent of shield. You yes. know, Nick Fury became so popular, uh, not just the World War II Nick Fury. This is the modern Nick Fury, Agent yeah. of Shield, and so it had its own, um, its own series. And he did um, issues one, two, three, and then five, uh, which was focused on Scorpio. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he did those, and then he did two fill-in issues for X Men. Yeah, fifty and fifty-one. Yeah, and then he found his way over to Cap, and he did three issues of cap and then that was it no more no more captain america in fact really no more comics i mean he he only just did a, a handful of stuff after that yeah um, he's, i mean he's done a bunch of covers and he, he did have two two stories that he did one in tower of shadows and of course my favorite one in our love story number five mm -hmm. yeah yeah which yeah, I, it, I find to be his best work. Oh, do you? That's very romantic. Ah, uh, well, that, that, that makes sense for you. That totally makes yeah, sense. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a feeler. What can I say? Mm. Yeah, you're right. He did do a bunch of covers, uh, but as far as interiors, not so much. Right. So, um, and, you know, it's funny. Uh, when we did our Cap Madness bracket for favorite Captain America artist a few years ago, that was our first bracket. Uh, I got a little guff. I, I got a little. Yeah. I got a little feedback. People were mad at me for Phone not was having Steranko. The hook. Yeah. People it was. Yeah. Telegrams. Uh, a couple death threats. People driving by the house throwing tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, and 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 I had to explain. I was like, uh, he only did three issues. You know. You know, if I if I allowed every artist that that did three issues of Captain America, we would have had. You know twice as many artists uh, in the bracket and who's got that kind of time. You got to set standards, Rick. You got to have, you know, I mean, you got to have a cutoff. Some, you got to have some guardrails someplace. Otherwise it's a free for all. <clears throat> That's living with dogs, you know? Yeah. It's anarchy. Yeah. Right. right. So, uh, so exactly. we finally got to Steranko and we're very excited today to cover issue 110. You had thrown out, well, why don't we do all three, 110, 111, 113. I was like, no, then we'd be done with Starenko. So we got to, we got to milk this. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you put that so bluntly and honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I have nipples. <laughs> Can you milk me? <laughs> Grab by the teat. <laughs> oh, uh, Goodness, Meet the parents. What a yeah. great movie. Yeah. <laughs> Meet the Fockers, all of that. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about Ben Stiller last episode. 
That's true. That's yeah. true. A little Zoolander action. Right. Yeah. Um, how's your how's your week going, Bob? You doing all right? Yeah, it's it's been a pretty interesting week. So uh, you know, things are going well. Uh, no complaints. I had to head over to the mother-in-law's birthday party this weekend. That was that was a lot of fun. Big, big get together. Lots of friends of hers and my in-laws. I mean, a lot like 30 people, you know, in the house. So. Bob, why why are you rolling your eyes and making like crazy gestures? And that's just because I was like, man, I wish I was still there. And just yeah. <laughs> so. Is that was that why you said your week was interesting? It was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. So mm. good times. But we you know, we ended up driving back uh late Saturday night. So mm-hmm. I like that because I get to sleep in my own bed and wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, so mm-hmm. I appreciate that. So and Sunday was just a nice day to relax, you know, and spend some time with the family and you know, get some stuff done around the house. So it's good. I enjoyed that uh, this weekend. It's been a while. Are you a uh, I prefer to sleep in my own bed kind of guy? Um, like rather than a hotel, you're like no, 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 or or someone's house. You're like no, no, no. no. I no. want to get home. I want to be in my own bed. No, I'm not that kind of guy. I uh, I I actually I you know look. I have a, I have a cat. I think I've told you. You know my cat who wanders in here every now and again. He purposely wakes me up like three four times a night. And is like hey, and you miss that. Hey, you sleep. How about, well, oh, you're awake. Why don't you get up and give me some treats? And like, I've gotten him into this habit. So it's my fault, you know, uh-huh. he's trained me. So like, I uh-huh. so, so if I'm in a hotel or at my in-laws or something, you know, I get a good night's sleep. Whereas here I'm perpetually exhausted because I got, you know, this, this cat. So, so no, I like, I like hotels. I like, stuff okay. like that, but you know. Sometimes you just like, all right, I've had enough of all these people. I'm not a people person by any yeah. stretch, right? It, it yeah. exhausts me. Exactly. So, uh, so in that case, I was happy to come home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm the same way. I get I get pretty drained by being around a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I I like I like having an activity to do. So, you know, and, and this is where you and I differ, right? Oh, yeah, so, do. Yeah. you know, like I would rather sit around a table, play a game, play some cards mm-hmm. and chit chat and have fun doing that mm-hmm. because I'm not forced to carry a conversation during a lull, you know, oh, yeah. or something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. And, and Or some, yeah. you know, just you have to be on, you know, yeah. I, I just like I like that having that and then. Anyway, but yeah. I hear you. It's exhausting. Yeah, it is exhausting. So it's good to be good to be home. Good, good to be you. home, surrounded by our stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we got we got to love our stuff. You know, or what did what did old George Collin used to say? He says, "Why is our shit stuff and other people's stuff shit?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Hey, you know, there's been some great posts this week in the Facebook group of yeah. Uh, folks uh, members posting pictures of their collections uh-huh oh, that, oh yeah that, that's been a lot of fun i've really enjoyed uh you know like zooming in on the photos and like oh my mm-hmm. god look at that cookie jar or you know that's a cool figure i hadn't seen that before that's i love when folks do that yeah yeah we had a couple bordering on captain america hoarders uh <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah i think that's true yeah it was uh wow talk about yeah. that's a lot yeah, I'm like, I, I like, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like, how does one dust that? Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, uh, you know, you, you should take a screenshot of that. And the next time Casey says to you something, says something to you about like, right? oh, I see you got another one. You just could be like, 
hey, at least I don't have this much. Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so I wanted to get back to that Todd Rundgren song, We oh, Gotta yeah. Get You a Woman. You ever hear that song? Yeah, well, no, we I, gotta I, thought gonna, I, thought, I thought you were going to say, have you ever heard anyone say that to you? And I was going to say, yeah, all the time <laughs> in college, yeah. <laughs> but do you know the song? Uh, I don't think I'm familiar with that song. Oh, that's a, you know what? You should play it. Just go on YouTube, right. look it up. Uh, we got to get you a woman. It, it is, it's a, it's a cool, it's a fun tune. And um, so, but it has, it is quite sexist. It oh, is, is it? Yeah. dramatically sexist. Uh, and so here I am uh, 20 years after this song came out. And I'm in a public speaking class slash women's studies. I mean, it was it was one of these classes where um, I was a communication major. And so a vast majority of, of my mm -hmm. fellow students were, were, were female. Yeah. And so I I sometimes um, like I wouldn't say poke the bear, but, you know, I, I would. I wouldn't shy away from a tough topic, you know, just to, to kind of, you know, help get some reaction and, and, and maybe, yeah. you know, some, some brownie points with the teacher, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, one of the times I, we had to pick a song to cover and I can't remember the topic, but I chose this one and oh, yeah. the lyrics, um, it, it, I'm just going to read, read this to you. Okay. Um, we got to get you a woman. It's like nothing else to make you feel sure you're alive. We got to get you a woman. We better get walking. We're wasting time talking now. Talk about things about that special one. They may be stupid, but they sure are fun. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know why. Based uh, on like the card, the birthday card. And <laughs> this, I, I can't imagine why there were dating issues for you. Uh, <laughs> It, um, you know, it was, uh, I don't know. It, it was, <laughs> wow. we're talking, we're talking, the song came out in like what early seventies, yeah. um, you yeah. know? So, uh, I, 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 it was probably towards, you know, it was around women's lib time. Right. And so I think this was like an anti women's lib song. Wow. Um, but, and then it ends with, we got to get you a woman. And when we're through with you, we'll get me one too. <laughs> so this entire time he's talking to uh, his friend Leroy. Yeah. Leroy. Uh, and, yeah. and how he's, yeah. you know, we got to get you a woman. You know, we're going to walk around town. We're going to find one for you. Uh, you know, take a seat. It's my treat. You may never get this chance again. That empty feeling is just about to end. We got to get you a woman. And he just goes through the whole thing yeah. at the very end. He goes, and we got to get me one too. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a short-term arrangement yeah, yeah yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. <clears throat> all right all right i'm gonna have to listen to that one later yeah do you have my uh headphones tightly on my head yeah do you have any uh memories of of songs like that that just were just so embarrassing i i really don't but i i do remember i was uh I remember being like so obsessed with a particular song from nine, I think it was 1975. Okay. 1976 run Joey run. 
Run Jimmy One. Run, where, who, yeah. who did that? Daddy, please don't. It wasn't his, David Gettys. It wasn't his fault. He means so much to me. Daddy, please don't. We're gonna get married. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every uh, night, the same old dream. I hate to close my eyes. Like, I still remember the words to that song, just like uh-huh. Joe's Prize. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and I don't, I, my memory is like the worst. I, right? I have like a handful of memories of my childhood, but that song, I can still sing the entire song. What do you think it was about that song that stood, I don't know. made such an imp- imp- impressed on you? I don't know. I had the 45. Uh huh. Uh, and I used to just play the shit out of it. Oh boy. And I don't know why, but I just, that's something about that song. I really, uh, it was so dramatic, you know, a oh, yeah. rang out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was just, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that song. You got to listen to that one on YouTube. It tells a story. I tell tell my son all the time, ah, your kids music. They don't tell stories. (laughs) Yeah. Back in my day. Yeah. What was it? What was the, the, uh, uh, the, the wreck of, Wreck of F. El- El- the Ella- Fitzgerald. Yeah, I was talking about Fitzgerald. No, no. What, was the, what was the wreck song, right? Right, the, right yeah. About the ship going yeah. down in the lake. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Talk about dramatic songs with stories. I mean, right. And Billy Don't Be a Hero. Oh, come yeah. on. Now that one told us a story, you know? Right. So oh. my son listens to those. He's like, just shakes his head and walks out of the room, you know. You know, I, hey, listen, the 80s, they they kept that spirit going. Madonna, Papa, don't preach. Yes, right? Yeah. I mean, right? stories in those songs. I'm so. going to keep the baby. <laughs> she kept it. She kept it, you know. Don't preach, Papa. Just help her out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bob. So we got birthday. We got a birthday this week, Bob. All right. Who is it? Uh, Bill Everett. Bill Everett. Bill Everett, nice. born yeah. May 18th, 1917. Uh, he he passed away at a young age, actually, in 1973 at uh, age of 55. Uh, but Bill Everett um, is hmm. a classic comic book uh, writer and artist, um, probably best known for creating Namor the Submariner. Indeed. Uh, he also co-created Daredevil. And... Um, so how is he related to Captain America, you may ask? I'm well, going to ask you that. Well, I'll get to it, Bob. Okay. Um, so uh, back in uh, – we did this when we were covering the Captain America of the 1950s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when Captain America came back, it was at Young Men – Number 26 or 24? 24, I think it was Young Men 24. Yeah, yeah he, he was doing the artwork for that for when uh, because Submariner came back. So he was yeah. um he was involved in, in that. So uh yeah, he 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 worked on young young men, he worked on um men's adventures, mm-hmm. uh, some of those, you know, really classic stuff from the 50s as well. I mean, he his his work goes back into the 30s. Um, but then and he did actually ink a couple of Captain America issues that we covered here. Uh, and it was the, the two issues with um, Cap and Falcon going up against Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. 
Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. If you remember it, what were the issues? I don't know. It was 136, 137. Yeah. It was around there. Yeah. 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 Specifically there. <laughs> those those came out in 1971. Right. Uh, so happy birthday to Bill Everett. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. All right, Bob. So getting to Captain America 110 today, uh, do you want to take the listeners through the cover? Sure, Rick. I, I'd be happy to. So it's a it's a uh, really pretty fantastic cover. Uh, in the background, uh, we see uh, we see the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, and he it doesn't look he doesn't look happy, Rick. He is uh, <laughs> does he ever? And he's angry, and his his face and really his upper torso, his shoulders uh, are are in the shadows, right? So we only see really half his face in the light, uh, and he has got a maniacal look on his face, of course. And he is coming through uh, what appears to be the side of a building, and it's it's crumbling underneath uh, the weight of his impact. Uh, and then at his feet, we see uh, we see Bucky. Bucky what? Barnes. I know, right? Bucky Barnes. And he is, he's like running away from the, uh, the Hulk who is in pursuit. But in the foreground, uh, we see Captain America. His back is to us, but he's crouched. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got his shield in his right arm. Uh, and his left arm is out as if he is preparing himself to intercede between Bucky and the Hulk. Mm -hmm. So what's going on here? It makes no sense. OK, because we've seen some Bucky's on the cover before because, mm -hmm. you know, it's a flashback to World War Two. But Hulk wasn't during World War Two. What's going on here, Bob? It doesn't make any sense. It's bananas. It's B-A-N-A-N-A-S bananas. Rick. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and the logo uh, is a solid red Captain America logo um, with a. And then behind the Hulk is this yellow background that uh, really stands out the, the logo as well as the crumbling building. Mm. And it has a really cool corner box, right? It's the Jack Kirby holding the shield up, you know, with his left hand, uh, which is where the shield should be, by the way. And uh, 12 cents, Bob, 12 cents gets you this comic back in 1968. Rick, I've been thinking about that whole left hand, right hand shield thing because uh, uh -huh. it came up recently. Uh, somebody made a comment about that in the uh, in the Facebook group, and it got me. I was laying in bed, you know, because I had nothing better to do, and I'm just sort of looking at the seal and thinking about, yeah, of course, his his shield goes on his left hand because Cap is is right handed. But I'm like, is he? Is he? Is he? Or is he ambidextrous? I mean, is he equally functional? 
from a combat perspective with both hands? Is this something that that the super soldier serum, if not by 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 nature, is it something that imbued him with this capacity? I don't know. That's a good question, Bob. Um, I, I, know, no, I, I got up and I took some ibuprofen PM. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I, I only us cap fans, but actually sit here and think about such things, <laughs> right? Uh, and spend time talking about it. Um, yeah, he he generally is drawn with the shield in his left hand. Yeah. Uh, I think you know most drawings you see that, um, and I think that's on purpose. I don't think it's by accident. Really? I do. I do think it's on purpose. It's almost like the red stripe is directly underneath the shield. I mean, the star on his chest, right? Like, yeah, like the, there should be a solid stripe underneath the star and that should be red. Most of the time you see that occasionally you see some, you know, but I think it's, you know, it's done on purpose. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I at least when they started caring about such things you know back in the day they were just you know pumping out comics and and so they they didn't care as much about continuity but i do think you know at some point uh, it became very evident that you know cap always carried in his left 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 arm yeah but would you would you entertain the possibility that he is equally capable of throwing it with his left and his right hand or vice versa punching with his left or right hand and and, and then maybe just the carrying it in the left is just an artifact of maybe most of the artists are just right-handed okay those are two different things yeah so i'll yeah, i'll address yeah. the first one mm -hmm. and i will say no i don't think it's a possibility i think it's a fact i think captain Ooh, america damn is able laid it down because i think captain america is a hundred percent able to use his shield in both hands and a hundred percent able to fight with both hands why because he trains because steve's the kind of guy who trains 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 right. yeah and so i think he would want to always make sure that he is capable no matter what hand uh to do what he does now that being said to your yeah. second point yeah i think it's it's not something that artists do because they may be right-handed i think it's it, it is something that maybe editorial is something that is talked about interesting i'd like to hear the responses of some listeners should there be any out there uh on your thoughts on we have at least back. two bob <laughs> no i i mean i I'm, I'm interested in what other people have to what, what they think about this really because i'm not i i'm yeah. pretty sure like my 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 opinion is good enough and we're gonna just move forward okay fair enough right. <laughs> no just no of course message. leave a message if you can <laughs> no, of course we want to hear that. yeah no, no, listeners go into go into facebook and and let us know if one if you ever noticed pro you know was it something you ever even ever paid attention to of, of what hand he he mostly carries his shield uh two if you had noticed if it was something that you never gave much thought or it, or you're like bob and you lay 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 in bed awake at night thinking of these things yeah yeah i wish i was ambidextrous <laughs> that's all i mean i i, I my son is yeah uh, but i'm not and so it, you know well some some things bob i have to use two hands <laughs> fair enough
just leave it there. <laughs> All right. So the creators for this book, uh, the, the creators for this book, we talked about Jim Starenko. Now, he is not only known as uh, the penciler on this book uh, and the artist on this book, but he is also known as the co-plotter. So, which is interesting. And also just want to point out too, that, you know, Jack Kirby has been the artist, you know, with Stan Lee up until this point. And uh, so now we're, we're transitioning from Jack Kirby to Jim Starenko, which is, which is a little jarring for some people who might be interested, you know, uh, used to seeing Kirby's artwork. And, and also Jim Starenko is getting credit as a co-plotter uh for for this and and stan lee is doing the co-plotting but he's doing you know the the script right he's doing the uh dialogue and then the inker is joe sinnott long time comic legend joe sinnott letterer sam rosen um i and oh by the way uh it's not listed here but the colorist is also jim starenko and and jim also colored the cover so he penciled, inked, and colored the cover as well. That is actually a little uncommon. Um, a lot of time, the colors for the the covers do not get credit. And the reason being, and I think we've talked about this before when we had Bob Sharon uh, on way back in uh, episode five. Uh, we had longtime colorist Bob Sharon on. Um, the covers just usually someone in the bullpen colored them you know because they, they were coming in quickly they had it was one of the last things that had to get done before they went to press and so usually somebody from from the bullpen colored these and, and didn't often get credit but it was interesting here jim starenko did the coloring for for the for the cover that's interesting right <sighs> all right so let's get to the inside of this comic Get to this beautiful artwork, okay? So we've got. Uh, I'm going to describe this uh, this page uh, because it is probably. I was going to say three quarters, but it might be even more than that. Sp splash page, and above this splash page are five panels, all same size, uh, and it's a. It's a dark night. It's in the city. And down along the street, there is this uh, silhouette of a man walking. And, and you see from a street light, um, you know, the silhouette. And he's walking out of that and comes into the light. And then comes into the splash page and stands in front of this brick building. Um, and on there is a gigantic poster of the face of Captain America. So I'll read the story of the panels that lead up to the splash. Slowly, falteringly, he walks through the night, a lone, silent figure haunted by the past, plagued by memories such as few have ever known, ever tortured by doubt, yet driven by duty. And now he stands before us, this man, Steve Rogers. And at that point, he looks at the poster of Captain America. 
And then we cut to the splash and Cap pulls out a cigarette and lights it. And he's wearing, uh, and by the way, it's, it's Steve Rogers, uh, you know, cause he's got his, he's, he looks to be in civilian identity and he's got a, a trench coat wrapped around him tight. And it's a very stylistic, almost like a movie, right? Mm -hmm. of this page of how this guy comes from off screen into the screen, looks at the poster and stands in front of it and lights a cigarette. And then you see the smoke going. So it's very stylistic. And then the poster is tattered and there's a benefit performance. And it is uh, supposed to be Captain America in person. And it says at the top, Stan Lee-Starenko Association Unlimited Present. And the title to this one is called, Bob. No Longer Alone. Yeah. And then on the, on, and that's written on the, like somebody spray painted it on the, on the side of the, the building here. And then uh, Joe Sinnott, Inker, was here. And then you have, as we get um, down below, lettered by Sam Rosen is um, a uh, like a, a newspaper of some sort. We turn the page, and we see Cap looking very up close to the 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 gigantic image of Cap's face. And he's standing there between the two eyes. And it reads, Grimly, he faces the giant, weather-beaten poster. His lips reveal no sound, his eyes no emotion, save a deep, undying loneliness. At last, the solitary figure turns and walks away, his thoughts as gloomy as the misty night, until he hears... All right, I'm going to pause here before I turn. So what do you think of this so far, Bob? Well, I mean, as you as you pointed out, the art is very stylistic. And of course, it's it is, you know, revisiting this man out of time. He, he feels lost alone. He's he's uh, he's plagued by self-doubt, no doubt over uh, his inability to save Bucky. Uh, which has gnawed at him over the previous, uh, you know, um, what, 10 issues, uh, nine issues of, of Captain America Volume 1. Um, so, not to mention all those tales of suspense. Not too. to mention all those tales of suspense. And so, Avengers. Yeah. So, you know, he is, he's, he's burdened by this. And, uh, and, and I think Stranko has sort of captured that, that he is, he's, he's got this weight on his shoulders. And and also him staring at his own face in the poster mm -hmm. um also is I don't know, it's impactful, right? In, in the fact that it's it almost represents something. Like what is what is he trying to convey here? Is he is he and, and the fact that he has his face shows no expression, right? He he, he doesn't show any reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Uh why is that right there, there mm -hmm. we leave it up to the reader to determine that um, like any good story right doesn't just throw it in your face it allows for interpretation and uh it's interesting i i guess my interpretation of this 
is that it's almost like he Steve Rogers is staring in the face of Captain America, who's larger than life, and 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 it's larger than him, and it's almost like you know he can't escape him because he's he's looming so large. Interesting. Yeah, I mean we've had this discussion before that um, you know over the course of really many many issues he has this this bifurcation right of his personality the steve rogers and captain america and it's not till much much later that he he realizes he needs to unify that and the other thing that stands out here is too is steve rogers is smoking yeah. and i personally don't recall seeing him do that previously at least not since he's been out of the ice maybe he did it during the you know the 40s or the 50s he most certainly did he always had a pipe just as he has well the pipe here. yeah but a, yeah. smoking a cigarette i don't well, recall this is, a, seeing. this is a this is a pipe is it it is no it is it is a pipe indubitably man you know what the way he cupped his hands in front yeah. of his face it does look like a cigarette yeah right yeah because and also haven't we seen Jim Steranko himself do this pose? Like, you know, stand somewhere with a trench coat and pull out a, yeah. his, his sunglasses and pull out a cigarette and light it. You know, when you've, when you've, uh, you know, I, I, I have a lot of Steranko stuff and, uh, and I, I like to collect the books that he worked on for Marvel, the covers that he worked on. I have a collection of all, you know, almost all of them, except the X-Men books. And, you know, and I've looked at his work in, in pulp novels and in, in other, you know, comic series. And, and after a while, you start to realize that um, he draws many characters to, uh, particularly the male protagonist, to look like him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the hair, you know, just the clothing, the mannerisms. And so, yeah. And then, you know, who, who, is, who is mimicking who? Mm -hmm. Right? So. No. So cutting back to the comic, um, you're right. He's standing standing there with the pipe. Didn't even dawn on me. Wow, how did I miss that? And uh, then we see thought bubbles coming from Steve Rogers as he he's noticing something. A dull, muffled pounding, getting closer, growing louder each second behind that wall. Now the wall itself is shaking. It's beginning to crumble. And he and he looks actually a little scared, which is unusual to see for Steve Rogers. Two green hands smashing through. And sure enough, Bob, coming through this wall, two gigantic green hands breaking through. And it's a it's a half page splash, uh, which is really cool. And then we cut to the next page. Steve finishes his sentence by saying, it's the Hulk. And sure enough, we see a large green behemoth with torn purple pants, Bob. Gunfire. Someone's shooting at him. And then we see, looks like military it coming up to a couple, him. A couple soldiers, perhaps. Yeah. And they come up to him and take cover, mister. Fast. This area is under martial law. There he goes. And then Steve ducks into the alley 
and he starts taking off his trench coat. Steve Rogers will take cover, all right. But Captain America won't. And he comes running out, and he's still got, he's still got his uh, trench coat in one fist. And then he comes running out, but he's got a shield on his right hand, Bob. He does. He I does. Got, that's Starenko. He doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. No, he probably did it on purpose. He, he might have. Yeah. yeah. And even as the Star Spangled Avenger attempts to locate the swiftly lumbering green skinned Titan, I'll say that five times fast. <laughs> and and how does he attempt to locate? Like how how do you not locate? The Hulk, <laughs> right? Who the soldiers are firing on this this yeah. guy who's busting through walls, and he's attempting to locate him. He's not. Yeah. He's not a ninja. Well, he's swiftly lumbering, though. Uh, apparently, yeah. Soldiers all around me, bringing up big gun, trying to kill Hulk. Set the minimum range, maximum velocity, and he pull out this giant gun. Tell me that's not Kirby-esque. Yeah, that is very Kirby-esque, isn't it? I never used anything like that. All right, Bob, explain to me here. Because we have this one guy. Yeah. Who's got uh, some sort of insignia on his helmet. And he's holding a pistol. And he's mm -hmm. pointing a finger. And he's barking an order. Right? Yes. Set, set for minimum range, maximum yeah. velocity. And yet... There's another guy yeah. with a different insignia on his helmet, and he says, at my command, prepare to fire. Who's right. in charge here? It's interesting, right? isn't it? Right. Yeah. Well, it looks like the first guy is set for minimum range, maximum blood, has, has an oak leaf on his helmet. So it needs to be a major or a lieutenant colonel. And, mm -hmm. and the captain's bars, the guy saying, at my command, prepare to fire, clearly is lower ranking, but he is taking charge. He really is. And uh, they all have different pistols. Yeah. Every one of them has a different pistol. Man, that has got to be a hell on the logistics train. Yeah. How do you get parts? You know, I need a new, you know. Never mind. And then we see uh, Cap jumping over rooftop of the building. And you're looking up from the lower alley into the night sky. And you see a silhouette of Cap jumping over. There he is on the street below, but I'll never reach him before. Fire! Zap! He's strong enough to shrug off any shell we could toss at him, but not even the Hulk could stand up to a concentrated blast of pure ionic energy. Bob, um, mm. um, who fired the ionic cannons in your battalion? Yeah, yeah, I, you know that was a different, different unit, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool to have them. Really mm. nice to have. So Hulk is being uh, tossed back by this this powerful energy, and debris is flying everywhere. That's a cool panel right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah is I mean, that just, going on a T-shirt for you, Bob? Uh, that looks good. That's like in motion, right? I mean, you see not just the Hulk in motion, but the debris in motion. Mm -hmm. um, he he really captures that nicely. But even as Captain America swings down from the rooftops, another desperate figure hastens to the scene. And we see somebody coming down uh, outdoor staircase, like the fire escape, you know, uh, stairs. No, they mustn't. They can't. I I'm too late. It, it's all over. 
And then Cap comes up to that guy with the insignia, the first guy, right? Would you say he was a major or something? And he's got an oak leaf, major lieutenant colonel. You know, it really depends on the color, but. What's an oak leaf? Oak leaf. Oh, oak leaf. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold your fire. He may still be alive. Regroup your men and fall back. Don't just stand there, mister. You can check out my authority by contacting S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, sir. We've been searching for him for months, hoping to find him, to help him, before something like this could happen. He doesn't mean to cause harm, but they never stop hounding him. And there he is. He's coming up on the Hulk who is laying in a pile of rubble with smoke coming up from the debris. And Cap has his shield in his right hand. And then from up top of that fire escape, remember that figure we saw before? Yeah. Cap, it's me, Rick Jones. Don't go near him. Stay away. If he is alive, he'll wake up uncontrollable. And Cap looks up. Rick Jones, the only friend the Hulk ever had. The only one he ever trusted. Now, Rick Jones. Let's... uh. Let's take a look at Rick Jones. Now, Rick Jones has been around mm -hmm. since uh, 1962, I want to say. Incredible Hulk number one. Yeah, in, yeah, right. Incredible Hulk number one, um, which came out in 1962. And he, he'd he been around not only in a lot of Hulk stuff, but actually he was in I think, the first like 18 issues, I want to say, of the Avengers. Right. You know, so he is no... Um, you know, Captain America knows exactly who he is, right? Right, because he yeah. again was he's with the Avengers or appeared in the comic, the Avengers, um, like for the first eighteen issues, uh, and then Rick Jones, you know, continued in Tales to Astonish, which was all the Hulk stories, um, and then and then that leads us up to here, mm -hmm. um, and then just like Tales of Suspense, you know, became Iron Man and Captain America, Tales to Astonish. Uh, Incredible Hulk got his own series, yeah, and and just like Cap, he continued from Tales to Astonish one hundred, and then we have like Incredible Hulk one hundred one, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, uh, and one hundred three just came out, um, like the previous. Oh God, when did that come out? Um, it wasn't a monthly book back then. Uh, for so 103 came out maybe half a year before this issue. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think throwing Hulk on the cover maybe helped sales, yeah, because yeah. he hadn't been seen in a while, and yeah. you know, he certainly was a popular character, yeah. Now, Rick, Rick was like the founder of what was it, like the Teen Brigade or something, which was like a group of. Mm -hmm. of of teens who uh had ham radios that uh in fact they helped lead to the the, the formation of the avengers right mm, yeah. yeah now that's interesting because you know cap the cap network it was sort of another version of that original that original teen brigade uh founded mm -hmm. by rick jones yeah nothing new under the sun and then just then we see the Hulk is alive and he is waking up and his hand starts to crunch at the pavement. And then he stands up. Hulk lives. 
Men will never try to kill me again. And he, he picks up the debris and holds it over his head to throw it. Gotta stop him somehow. And Cap throws his shield at the debris that was in the Hulk's hands and knocks it out of his hands. Hulk, listen, I want to help you. And he goes running towards the Hulk, but Hulk grabs him, grabs him by the wrists, both wrists. Nobody helps the Hulk. And Rick comes over to to save because, I mean, he could just snap Captain 2 at this point. He's got him at his mercy. No, Hulk. No, he's a friend. Can't you remember? And But Cap's not helpless. He does, uh, he raises both his legs up and kicks Hulk in the face and knocks him back. It's no use. You can't reason with him. And then he's like, whew. I thought I'd never. Rick, get back. He's too dangerous. But Rick goes up and he puts his hand on Hulk. No, he won't hurt me. Not me. Gently, softly, the trembling youth tries to calm the bestial rampager. Briefly, a flicker of recognition seems to illumine the baleful eyes. But then, and it's an interesting uh, uh, drawing here by Starenko, Bob. Yeah. You mean the uh, the two panels that show the close up of the of the eyes of Rick first, and then and then of the Hulk mm-hmm. with that flicker of recognition. Yeah, but you can see the calming eyes of Rick mm-hmm. and the the flaming eyes of the Hulk. Yeah. But just then he picks up rick and holds him in high in the air rick keep back leave him alone he, he's just confused no one can beat hulk and he grabs with his his um spare hand he takes a telephone pole rips it out of the ground or actually it's a light uh, it's a lamppost actually and he says no one and he throws it at that big ion cannon and destroys it and makes a noise, Bob. Ba-ding! Look, the impact caused shockwaves. The building's starting to crumble. In the midst of the carnage and desolation, in the midst of the ruin and rubble, the Incredible Hulk roars his defiance to the world about him. And then we see... The soldiers there, all with their eyes wide, uh, agape mouths, they they they're watching what's going on, and they're they're telling the readers, "Look, Cap is charging him again, trying to get the kid away. The Hulk's bracing to crush him. No, that's not what he's doing. He's leaping away." And sure enough, next panel, the Hulk leaps away. And drops Rick, but Cap catches him. I've got you, lad. You'll be safe now. The Hulk's gone, without even realizing what he's done. He meant no harm, but with a casual gesture, he almost killed this boy. Just as my own carelessness once caused the death of Bucky Barnes. Heartsick at the sudden surge of the tragic memories, Cap heads for Avengers headquarters with the bruised and battered youth. So then we cut to, I guess, Cap's bedroom, headquarters, or like his little private quarters. It's 
pretty pretty jazzy, wouldn't you say, Bob? Yeah, groovy. Yeah, what's hanging from the ceiling? Yeah, those are some very large balls. Uh, I'm assuming they're uh, lamps right. of some sort. But yeah, they got swirly colors. and That's nice. groovy, Bob. So he lays them down in the bed. And Steve rests his hand on his on his chest and says, you'll be all right, lad. All you need is rest. But until we find a way to tame him, you must never return to the Hulk. And then he thinks to himself as he walks away, he's young and healthy. He'll recuperate quickly. Just a few hours rest is all he'll need. If only all our lingering ills could be so easily cured. And he walks out and closes the door. But there are wounds that no amount of rest, no amount of time can ever heal. And then he goes to a very, very large uh, glass window that's from like floor to ceiling. And he looks out into the, the night sky and he sees New York. And he sees the moon. Just as there are memories that can never be erased. Sadly, silently haunted by the undying past, Steve Rogers stands as the evening shadows deepen on the grim gray streets below until suddenly it sounded like a footstep behind me. Someone switched on the lights and he turns and who's he see? What? It's Bucky. No. Don't get up tight, Cap. I found these threads in the closet and thought I'd try them on. Bucky's costume. No, you can't wear it. No one must ever wear it. I'll never watch another partner die. And I'd like to keep around his uniform in my bedroom just for the hell of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get off your soapbox, mister. Rick Jones just ain't buying. And he slaps his hand away. If I'm not good enough to fill Bucky's boots, say so. But spare me the Hamlet bit. Sooner or later, everybody loses somebody. You're not the only one who's had it tough. Maybe I ain't a big muscle-bound superhero, but if I was, I'd give another guy a chance. And Cap puts his head in his hand. And then Rick Jones turns away. I'll get out of this monkey suit now. But Cap stops him and puts his hand on his shoulder. Wait, Rick. Maybe I'm still not too old to learn. If that means what I hope it means. And then just then, there's an alarm going off. Yeah. Alert, 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 alert. Don't just stand there. Put on your mask. The Avenger alarm. Something's wrong. Listen to the beeps. Their frequency indicates the target area. Ready, lad? Ready? I've been waiting for this since the first time I met you. Seconds later, having analyzed the audio electronic map coordinates, two costume figures lowered themselves into a nearby manhole. Quickly, Rick, no matter what's below, we'll face it together. Just as I did with Bucky. There doesn't seem to be, and they're in now they're in a in a subterrane sewer system. Sewer system. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. 
doesn't seem to be, wait, up ahead. Something's heading this way. Suddenly, before the startled eyes of Captain America and the youthful Rick Jones, a strange and savage army, costumed in craven, seems to spring to life from the murky shadows and hidden crevices in a deadly, merciless attack, as only the hordes of Hydra can muster. Bob! OMG, Rick! It's a double-page splash, Bob. It's crazy! This is like, this is quintessential, you know, Steranko splash uh, page here. Uh, Double page, as you said, they are in uh, the bowels of this subterranean sewer system. It's obviously multi-levels. And we see just hordes of Hydra agents coming from, you know, every layer converging on uh, Cap and Rick and and Rick's a little up above of Cap and he's slugging a Hydra agent and Cap is just in the center of this double page splash and he is diving into the action as all the Hydra agents are firing their weapons uh, at at him. Uh, and I love this, this, this Hydra agent in the foreground, the, the guy with his pistol raised and he's got his mouth open as if he's commanding those hordes of Hydra agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really cool. I mean, listen, he was obviously influenced by Kirby, right? I mean, look at that. Look at the weapons. Look at the the giant uh, contraption there. Uh, the the layout. Um, it you know the detail uh, really screams Jack Kirby, but uh, he has his own flair. Obviously, right? Jim Steranko has his own style. Uh, and it's uh, it's really cool. And the other thing, too, and I don't know, I don't know, Bob, how long this has been around, but the the fire that is coming out of the guns that are shooting have that little. Oh, like a like a almost like a, a flame on the top of a candle, you know, how how. It's like a, it's got like a little base to it, and then it gets thinner as it gets to the top. Well, that's what's shooting out of the the muzzles of these guns that are firing. And I don't know how long that's been around, but that that's a that's I don't know if that's a newer thing. I really I don't know, but I don't know why it's standing out to me. But it just it does like I don't recall seeing that too often with Kirby stuff. But I could be totally wrong. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I, it, 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 adds, um, it adds an element of action, right? Otherwise, the guns seem kind of static. And the other thing is, I don't know if you noticed, but the, 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 one of the Hydra agents who's firing one of the weapons, and he's got a, sort of an orange jumpsuit on and mm-hmm. uh, with a helmet, you can actually see the casings um, being mm. ejected from the back of the weapon as he's firing. There's several yeah, cool. flying through the air. I mean, that's a, an attention to detail that... Um, um, you know, it just goes with I think a vast amount of detail that you see in this double page, double page splash. Mm-hmm. And and also when it says the hordes of Hydra, uh, they're just coming out of the woodwork. And then you look at the top portion of this, and you see them climbing down from uh, some sort of I I wouldn't call it a tunnel, but you know it, they're coming from off screen. Right. Yeah. Which and, and then lower below, you see little, you know, smaller versions of them coming from far away. That just tells you this isn't it. 
there's going to be more coming. Yeah, yeah. Quite the double page splash. Very cool. And if this if this original art was available for sale, this is a six figures right here. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. yeah, this would go for more than a lot of covers. Get them, Rick. And we see Cap just diving into a group of five of them with his shield and and knocking him down. But then we see a close-up of his face and he looks scared. Wait, what's wrong with me? Rick hasn't the training, the skills for a job like this. Yet, despite Cap's fears, we see Rick Jones, a.k.a. Bucky, uh, throwing one guy into another. Didn't expect me to come up with the judo toss, eh? <laughs> there are only two against us. Stop them. And then we see, uh-oh, uh, as Cap's fighting, and this is kind of a really cool layout. This Cap's, is awesome. Cap's fighting... Uh, a bunch of Hydra uh, agents who are all over him, but he notices one raising his pistol to fire on Rick. And, and it's a very cool, you know, um, layout, wouldn't you say? It is. I mean, what's going on here is you, you see the fight and you see Cap, you know, with four Hydra agents that he's he's basically wrestling with and but his head is turned and he's looking toward the reader and they've got this it's like a collage cutout right because mm -hmm. there's a cutout of that one hydra agent with his weapon raised and that's what cap is looking at but what stranko has done here is he's he's essentially pasted that image of that one shooter mm -hmm. on top of this uh, of, of this fight and so it's it's something i haven't ever seen before yeah yeah, no, it is. It's a very cool layout. I mean, kudos to Storenko for this vision. You know, it's yeah. just really cool. It's innovative. Yeah, yeah. And then Cap yells out, "Rick, look out! It's no use. He can't hear me. First Bucky, now Rick. I can't let it happen again. I can't." Then he throws his shield into the tunnel. Rick, run! And it hits one of the the, the Hadra agent who's who was the one that we saw had his pistol raised up at him. And it hits him hard, makes a sound bomb. Spling! I want to stay, try to help, but Cap must have a reason. The boy, go after the boy. Captain America cannot escape my stun ray. We hear and obey. Hail Hydra! And then Cap gets hit by the stun ray because he left himself open after throwing that shield. Zap. Hail Hydra, immortal Hydra. We shall never be destroyed. Cut off a limb and two more shall take its place. And these, these are the two Hydra agents that are holding uh, a unconscious Captain America. But, we are seeing what are we looking at here, Bob? Oh my! In this, this panel, this is a this is someone I haven't seen before. These are these are female legs with the uh, high boots, and it's in the green of the Hydra. We only see it from the top of the knee down. Mm. But I bet it goes all the way up. Well, let's go to the next panel. 
And there we have a woman. And uh, Bob, how would you describe her? Um, so it is a, it is a woman, Rick, uh, and uh, she is um, a, a Caucasian woman with a long black hair, and the hair is covering half of her face. Um, she has on this green bodysuit uh, that is, dare I mention, skin tight, Rick. <laughs> Uh -huh. it, you know but the thing about this bodysuit is it does not cover her upper arms or the sides of her torso so it really goes around the neck and then it comes down uh and covers her breastuses and her abdomen and then of course her her lower body she's got long her green, thorax her thorax yes if insect yes so she's got uh she's got green uh matching green gloves that come up uh mm -hmm. over her elbows to mm. uh, mid upper arm and mm -hmm. and she's got this bandolier that crisscrosses her her hips um yeah. and she's wearing of course uh, she's a white holster on her, on her on her right hip uh it's an odd placement for um for the bandolier holster uh and then she's got a, a rope in her right hand mm -hmm. maybe a whip of some sort mm -hmm. yeah i got to say i love the crisscross bandolier that's hanging on her hips. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, Bobby also failed to mention though, she also has matching green lipstick. She does have matching green lipstick. Yes. Thank you. Um, now I, I, you know, we really failed to mention the really cool machinery behind her. I mean, that's really what stands out in this, this panel, right? Yeah, I mean, who knows what it is, Rick? I mean, it's very complicated and large. Mm -hmm. We serve none but the master, as the world shall soon serve us. Speak, Madam Hydra. We wait your command. No one must interfere with our supreme strategy, the complete contamination of the city's water supply. Therefore, destroy him. Quickly, for he begins to revive. And then we uh, coming out of nowhere is this this Hydra agent that's got this machinery on his upper torso. What the heck's that, Bob? It looks like, like some sort of exoskeleton armor or something. Mm-hmm. Reviving cannot help him. Not while I wear a Hydra power vest. And he's holding Cap from behind onto his upper arms, pulling them back. So he's in a very submissive position. I weary of your boasts. A task must be done. Do it. And just then, Cap wakes up and he jumps back and with his head hits the Hydra agent behind him, um, headbutting him, knocking him back. Power vest, eh? I've tackled worse than that in my time. You think you can match the assembled might of the hordes of Hydra? And he goes to punch at him, but Cap ducks, and then but he demolishes the wall. I mean, wow, if that connected, Cap would be a, be a gone man. Match it, mister? It's my job to top it. And he grabs the shield that the man was standing on, and then again he raises up and punches him. And since you're sporting a so-called power vest, We'll see if it's strong enough to smash you through the wall for me. And he takes the man and he, sure enough, he smashes him through the wall. 
And he does. He goes through the other side. And so we see Cap with a big gaping hole and allows him for an area to escape. I did it. But now I've got to go after him. Meanwhile, we cut to Rick Jones, a.k.a. Bucky Barnes, running down the uh, sewer. And by the way, these are really large sewer holes. I mean, like sewer tunnels, right? Like these are, it's like, you know, you could put a house in there. Right. Yeah. They're, they're lying. There's pipes running down the sides of them. So, I mean, mm -hmm. they're, they're not meant to maybe, you know, have fluids going through them as opposed to their conduits for something. Hmm. That suckered me. He just wanted me to in the tunnel so I'd be safe, but he wouldn't have worried about Bucky. He's not going to keep me under wraps. So I'll just double back again. Uh-oh, I can't. They got me bottled in. They see me. They're coming. Uh, I've only one chance over here. And then we cut to the agents that were looking for him. And there, it were, we, it's a nice perspective, right? We have from, from below looking up. So we see the, you know, um, the unders of the chins of these men. And but why are you looking in that angle is because up above them in one of the the tunnel entrances, Bucky Barnes is hiding, um, you know, clinging to to the wall to to, you know, to hide up there above them. He's gone. He's tricked us. He must be up ahead. Quick. We dare not lose him or we'll pay with our lives. I was lucky that time. Now I can make it back to Cap. This is the, oh no, no. Well, why is he saying, oh no, Bob? What does he see? Well, it's not what he sees, Rick, necessarily, but in the next panel, there's a conversation going on. And one of the Hydra agents with the power vest is holding Cap's shield. And he says, Captain America is dead. Never again will he mock my power vest. I claim his shield. And Madam Hydra uh, says, it is yours. Now on with the task at hand. And Bucky sees that. It's my fault. They got him because he was worried about me. But I'll make it up to you, Cap. And then he yells out, I'll get him for you, no matter what. And then just then, Cap takes Cap, it was, what? It was Cap holding the shield. He was pretending to be the Hydra agent with the power vest. Ricky. Rick, don't stay back. It's me, boy. I'm alive. Don't run into them. Rick. Ha, you almost had us fooled, but your stupid concern for another's welfare gave you away. <laughs> Attack of the hyphen. <laughs> it's uh for another's welfare gave you away that too yeah at least i turned them from rick but now i'm done for unless i can stop them and then madam hydra she points and yells even though he's outnumbered you're no match for his fighting skill quickly employ your flame bazookas Bob, did you have flame bazookas in your battalion? You know, they have really fallen out of favor. Uh, uh, oh, yeah? Modern age. Yeah. 
Yeah, flame bazookas. We're too late. He shattered the water pressure pipes with his accursed shield. We're too close to escape. We'll be washed away. Cap did his part. There's still a chance for me to prove myself. If I can stop their leader. And then Bucky goes up to Madam Hydra, but she uses the whip and whips him and like entraps him with it. You thought a witless juvenile could stop Madam Hydra? The torrent of water is sweeping away my task force, so I must abandon my plans for now. But you shall not remain behind to gloat. And she puts her gun to the back of Rick Jones' head. No need to waste a single shell upon the lakes of you. And she pushes him into the rushing water. And then Cap yells, Your arm, Rick! Stretch it out! No, Cap, no! While you're saving me, she's running away. Shut up and hang on. And he is. Cap's hanging from the side, but he's holding Bucky from falling into the water. Now get this. If you aim to fill Bucky's shoes, you'll do it my way. You'll, you'll take orders like he did, without question. But everything I did went wrong. You might have licked him without me to gum up the works. We did lick them. We ruined their plan and smashed part of their horde. Their leader, whoever she is, was forced to flee. And despite the odds, you survived your baptism of fire. And you did it like a man. Maybe I can never be the partner Bucky was, but nothing will make me stop trying. And the two of them walk away. And I can't help but notice there's a sign there. Caution. Danger ahead is that foreboding bob mm, it is foreboding wrapped in a silence more meaningful than words two weary figures slowly melt into the rain-swept shadows of the gathering dawn and who are we to say whether a legend has died or is just a borning i don't know what that word means a borning, you know, a borning. that's that's a twist of, uh, of a... yeah. I mean, I kind of get what it means, yeah, but I've yeah. never heard it before. A borning, huh? Wow, it's a good question. The end, Bob. Yeah, what'd you think? It's a it's a it's an interesting story. I mean, it's you know, I haven't read this in a long time, but mm -hmm. you can imagine when this came out how uh, impactful it must have been, not only with with Stranko's uh, art and uh, not only with Stranko's art, but just just Rick Jones, you know, putting on Bucky's uniform. I mean, everything was still so raw. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at this time, the man out of time and Cap wrestling with his uh, his his guilt and self-doubt over Bucky, the loss of Bucky. And, and mm, this was it raw, Bob. I mean, by this point, it had been probably a couple of years. Right. You know, since Avengers number four. Is it still raw if it's been that long? Well, I, I think it is, Rick. I mean, you know, I mean, PTSD lasts, right? So for him, it's okay. raw. It's not a time, you know, thing. It's just his best friend, and he felt a sense of responsibility. So I can see why he carried that around. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so yeah, I mean, a very you know interesting, interesting book, interesting story. And of course, we we get Madame Hydra here, which yeah, is, and you know, first appearance. So it is, and that's what makes uh, this really cool. Like. 
I never understood why this book was so expensive. It actually is the third most expensive Captain America comic book. Is it really? It is. Number 100 is yeah. the most expensive. Uh, number 117 mm, is yeah. the second most expensive, right? First okay. appearance of the Falcon. Yeah. And then this one is the third most expensive. So if you were to get this in near mint condition, uh, this would retail for about 500 bucks okay. in near mint condition. Yeah. And so I I always wondered like, why why was this one so expensive? I never saw it. I was like, oh, was it because of the Hulk? Was it because of Rick Jones? Is the first appearance of Rick Jones as 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 uh Bucky Barnes? And then and then I was like, oh, it's the first appearance of Madam Hydra. Okay. Who goes but... on to be the Viper. But she's a major villain, Bob. She is a major, but she's like, I mean, you know, Arnim Zola's first appearance doesn't command that price, or you know. The yeah. Younger Baron Zemo. Yeah. All right. Let's face it. It's it's the first Starenko cap. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I I guess. Yeah. I, you know. You, you add all that together. I think if you have you have the first Starenko cap, you have the first appearance of Madame Hydra and the first appearance of Rick Jones as Bucky Barnes. It all adds up to being a you know a key key book. Yeah. Definitely one you probably want in your collection if you're you're a cap guy. So yeah, yeah. So do you have a favorite? Well, actually, you know what, Bob? I actually go first this time. You, you went first. Yeah, you went first yeah. last time. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite panel, Rick? Uh, I do, Bob. Uh, in fact, it's a very large one. Ooh. It it takes up two pages. Oh, well, I, which one is that? Well, that would be the double page splash from ah, uh, okay. pages twelve and thirteen. All right. Yeah, okay. that that's good. I'm gonna cheat. Say that's my favorite quote unquote panel because it right. does one image, but it takes up two pages. Yeah. So how can it not be? I mean, I was just an amazing uh, spread of the hordes of Hydra coming from all different directions, and Cap in the middle and a very impressive stance uh, taking them on. Uh, yeah, that's my favorite panel. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with page one, Rick. Um, and I I like that you know that three quarter, well, probably a little more than three quarter uh, page uh, splash that has mm -hmm. uh, has Cap lighting his pipe uh, mm -hmm. with the wall behind him, you know, in the credits and that torn up poster of Cap's face. Uh, and then the shadow of being cast upon the wall in the poster. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's just very, very uh, uh, Jim Starenko. Uh, just the layering of of that panel and uh, the detail of it as well. Um, and I think that's just a great, great, great panel. I love that one. Very nice. All right. Now, what about T-shirt worthy, Bob? What do you what are you putting on a T-shirt from this story? Well, uh this is a tough one, Rick, and I think I'm going to have to Don't go. take mine. Are you kidding? I, I would never do that, but I'm going to go with page 11, uh, which is uh, Cap and Rick Jones in Bucky's attire. Mm. Uh, after they have heard the emergency alert beeps indicating that there is a, uh, a disturbance in action. Okay. And Cap is putting on his cowl. His shield is laying on the ground. Rick Jones has got his fist clenched and, and uh, I don't want all of the, the, the dialogue bubbles, but I do want that one where Rick Jones says, ready. I've been waiting for this since the first time I met you. 
Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a cool T-shirt. Any any Cap fan, any Starenko fan would love to see that. Mm-hmm. And yourself, Rick? What about you? T-shirt worthy? I was afraid you were going to take this one because mm-hmm. I know how you like to have a villain on your T-shirts. Mm-hmm. You have mentioned uh, that yeah. many a time. Yeah. I'm going to go with page 15, yeah. second panel, which is the very first appearance of Madam Hydra. So she's standing there. It's the first time we get to see her and she's pointing. I want that on a T-shirt because only the true Marvel zombies out there would get the fact that when they see me in that T-shirt, they'd go, that's the first appearance of of Madam Hydra. And I'm going to be like, hail Hydra. (laughs) That's a good choice. I'd I'd wear that shirt. You know I would. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd wear it when my wife's away for the weekend. (laughs) Uh, All right. So how about, um, what about your time caps? I'm going to go with uh, page 10 in the Mm -hmm. second panel. Uh-huh. And that is the very first time we see Rick Jones in the Bucky Barnes Ooh, costume. Okay. And Cap turns around and, and sees him for the first time. And there's uh-huh. Bucky, there's Rick as Bucky Barnes. And that's, that's going on my time castle because that All is right. a, a very unique thing that pinpoints a yeah. certain time in the Marvel universe. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. How about you? All right. You know what? It's uh, great minds think alike, Rick. I'm going with that exact same panel, but for an entirely different reason. You can't take the same panel, Bob. I can. I'm using a different time capsule, and it's the, <laughs> it's the furniture. It's the furniture because this is 1968, and we're talking classic mid-century modern furniture uh-huh. uh, from the from the step-down sunken living room to the stylings of the couch and the lamps and okay. the color schemes. You remember in the previous panel we saw those those globe lamps hanging from the ceiling. It's mm-hmm. very evocative of of the mid to late 1960s, early 1970s, and in sort of the 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 fashion of home decor mm. uh it's something we see you know um uh, in you, uh, you may remember those movies like the flint movies with james coburn mm-hmm. and yeah yeah Pence and and that series uh it all this all screams um that era uh and of course you know fashion changed uh home decor changed by the mid-1970s we saw something different i would not be surprised at the at that sunk down living room that's a shag carpet <laughs> shag baby yeah yeah right, you know so uh so i love that i love it you know and you see this also in uh like the nick fury agent of shield comics mm-hmm. particularly the ones that uh, that starenko drew when you see nick fury's apartment has the same look and feel as as this living quarters in the avengers mansion that 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 cap is occupying do you think that was jim starenko's apartment that's what it looked like i, I wouldn't be surprised yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So speaking of that, um, you know, Madam Hydra, she has a very distinct look, right? And where she has, and, and half her face is always covered by by hair. Now, at some point later on in comics, I remember seeing that the reason she did that is because her face was scarred. And they yeah. they, they pulled back the hair. She, yeah. she revealed that she was scarred there. Um, but then later on, she she wasn't scarred. She had a very pretty face, yeah. and so I guess some sort of cosmetic, you know, surgery was done or whatever. So where did Jim Steranko get his design 
for Madame Hydra. Um, some people speculate that it was based on Madame Spectra, which was in the James Bond comic strip. Hmm. So there was a this vil villainous who um, looked very much like that, and and that 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 was you know that came out before this. Uh, so that some people speculate that some say it was from this movie. Uh, it was a black and white movie, and I've seen stills of it. And then there was an actress who just had, just like that, had half her face covered with hair, black, long black hair like that. And um, this would have been, you know, maybe a, a few years before this came out. I, I can't, I tried to look it up and I couldn't find, if anybody listeners know this movie and they want to put it in the Facebook group maybe even a still shot that would be even better um but i some people speculate it came from that as well so whatever it is it's a it's a cool look it's a very distinctive look and you know makes it's part of the appeal of madam hydra i don't know what you mean by that but uh, but yes it's a very interesting villain and uh and she gets used to you know quite a bit um, um for a while uh, and so I hope uh, we get a chance to to revisit her in, in perhaps some of the later uh, Storenko issues. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, and and we certainly she she's a reoccurring villain for Captain America. And maybe maybe Bob back in episode nine she made our top ten villains list not named Red Skull. Uh, all right, I'm going to tell you she did, but where did she rank? You'll have to go listen to episode nine to, to see where she ranked and why she ranked uh, where she did. So speaking of other episodes, Bob, next episode, we are going to jump from 1969 to 1981. We are going to visit Captain America 259. And what is special about that issue, you may ask? Uh, it's a very cool story. Uh now, the art's by Mike Zeck, but uh, it was actually um, a story by Jim Shooter and David Michelini. And uh, this was uh, uh, Jim Shooter was thinking of who are who's a villain out there that doesn't normally go up against Captain America. Let's let's throw a different villain here to, to kind of change some things up. And who did he pick? Doc Ock, hmm. Dr. Octopus. And so it's a it's a fun story of Dr. Octopus versus Captain America. And obviously, there's a lot more to it than just that. Um, and uh, so we're looking forward to covering that next episode, Captain America 259 from 1981. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, me too. All right, Bob, you got anything else before we wrap this up? I sure don't. I got to hit the books and get studying for next week's episode. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to ask everybody. So if, uh, if you enjoy this, this podcast series, um, please rate and review whatever podcast series, uh, platform you are on. We really do appreciate that. If you go into Apple podcasts and leave us a five-star review on there, you can actually, uh, in, in that comment, uh, leave a review and then mention what, character's voice you want me to do it in and i'll i'll read it here on on the air so check that out as well and and always go to captain america comic book fans.com 
uh, to see uh, all our past episodes and uh, some other cool things in there as well. So check that out. Indeed, indeed. And, and Rick, if you've got a comment about Cap wearing his shield on his left or his right or, or both and why that might be, leave a comment about that as well. Yeah, in the Facebook group. Yeah, definitely do that. All right, Bob, as always, it's been fun wrapping Cap with you. Same, same. Can't wait till next week. All right, he's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbanis, and you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Thank you.